All right, Jabronis, we're back. Hope everybody had a good week. I did, I guess. Another week down. Saw the Nick Cage movie again, so I guess that was good. And if you did, I always, I always, I always say that if you didn't think this, and you're an idiot, I gotta, I gotta change up my sayings here. But uh, let's be honest: if you didn't think I was gonna go see the movie again, then you're an idiot. That's that, because I was, and I probably will again. By time, in fact, by the time you hear this, I, I might see it two more times. And if you haven't seen it yet, go see it. Okay, I keep harping on that. The episode I did about it does probably give away spoilers, depending on your definition of the word spoiler. Uh, but I definitely think it does spoil some of the stuff just by the nature of the descriptions and things and the how you're doing. So uh, go watch the movie so you can enjoy the episode. If it's nothing else. Um, what else is going on this week here in the world today? Let's see the notes here. Oh, yeah. Elon Musk buys Twitter. And Twitter sells like they, they took the uh, they took the offer and he's going to do it. He's going to own the Twitter. And for whatever reason. The hypocrites, the sheep on the one side of the aisle, they form their little team because they have to have the, the team dynamic us versus them. They're losing their shit about it. Apparently, apparently it's not what they want from their social media platforms that they use. They think it's going to be bad. He's going to be uh, uh, controlling and not in the way that they want it to be, uh, which is why I'm calling them hypocrites, because just the, the very nature of that uh, bitch and gripe that they have is hypocritical. I want to control. I want this to be controlled but I want it to be controlled only a certain way that appeases to my feelings and emotions on things, what I think is good and bad and not what anybody else thinks. So if we disagree, then my feelings are hurt and we're going to have a problem. That's exactly what they're saying. In fact, the hypocrisy goes even deeper than that. There was one clown. I didn't even get his name. I saw this clip in passing on the Internet. So it was an NBC MSNBC guy. I don't want to call him a news anchor. He was just a guy on MSNBC. Nothing that they put out as news. Nothing any of those guys put out on any of those stations as news, to, in my opinion. But he's sitting there talking about how, why this is bad, why Elon Musk buying Twitter and owning Twitter is bad, because we can't have these rich billionaires being the only people to own something so that they can, then they'll control. You can't have a guy like him being the sole owner of a major social media platform like Twitter because then he can control everything on there and you have no say in the matter because it's a privately owned company. That's what this guy said. I guess he has no idea anything about the business end of Facebook or Instagram's or YouTube's or Google's. He doesn't know that those are all each individually owned by rich billionaires controlling what's on there and what's not on there and who can post and who can be on there with no repercussions whatsoever because they're privately owned companies. Those are okay. And when people push back on those rich billionaires doing it, the same idiots like this clown on MSNBC or they're to defend them. Oh, well, it's it's a private company. They're allowed to do whatever they want. Why does he do that? Because it fits his narrative. It fits his little pussy narrative that everyone's pushing out, that they're mad because Elon Musk shares different opinions of them in real life. That means he must be a bad guy because he doesn't blindly agree with whatever I'm thinking, whatever the news and, and the media tells me to think. So therefore, it's a problem. Now we can't censor things, which is another mind boggling thing to me. And this is not a political thing, but just the fact that people are mad now because this rich billionaire wants to own Twitter so that he can stop the censorship. The fact that people are mad at that is is rather troubling. And I don't want to sound too dramatic, but that's a dangerous line of thinking. OK, and I'm not saying this is immediately going to go to the worst case scenario like the like a lot of people do. They use emotions to try to grab you and make you feel you know, scared and afraid of things. 
But that line of thinking where you're angry that there's going to be less censorship, that, like we've talked about in the past, sort of walks the dog and leads you down dangerous paths. This could end up dangerously. If you go back and watch the made-for-TV movie called The Wave, I don't know if Hallmark did it or somebody made it. It was just for TV, some sort of special ABC family or whatever, about this history teacher who's trying to teach his class about Hitler and World War II and the Nazis. And the class keeps asking all these crazy questions like, what idiot would follow Adolf Hitler and become Nazis and try to do all these terrible, despicable things to the world or to the, you know, the human race around them, to the Jewish people, to the other countries that they were taking over. Who would be on board with that? And then the rest of the movie, this history teacher shows them how by creating a club and using the same tactics Hitler did to get people interested in joining the club in school, like the after school club. And then and then getting them on board with censoring others who are pushing out information that goes against what the club wants people to know about. And then it, and it just it continued to escalate. They started kicking people out and shunning people from school and they started getting aggressive and all. And he was just following the same checklist that Adolf Hitler followed. Until at the end of the at the end of the movie, the entire school was pretty much part of this club. They had uh, armbands and a handshake and a pile fives and everything except for like two people, the main character and, and one of her friends were the only two not in the club and, and thought it was fishy the whole time. And at the end, the teacher brings everyone into the auditorium. It says, just to let you know, you're Nazis now. And basically explaining to them that they weren't really Nazis, but this is exactly how Adolf Hitler did it to a T. He followed this exact checklist, the same as Hitler. And this is how people who have sound mind and judgment can fall into these traps where they're not, now they're believing things that they normally would not believe. And when the, and the first thing on the list there after the, really the second thing after the, the, uh, the, the recruitment, if you will, the rush, like the fraternities and sororities do in college, college rush week or whatever it's called after they do that to get you on board, they get you to be against and push push back on people who are not on board by censoring them and silencing them and getting rid of them, getting rid of that voice. And that's what we're at right now, where people are getting angry with poor Elon Musk, whether you like the guy or not or agree with him or not. There's two there's two undeniable things about him. One, he's smarter than any one of us. Two, he's more successful than any one of us. So let him have at it. Let one of the most successful, smartest human beings on earth try to create a better, uncensored, more uh, family-friendly Twitter. That's not the phrase I'm thinking of. It's not family-friendly. A more inclusive Twitter where everyone has a voice, whether you agree with it or not, whether you like the person or not, that's what that, that's what he's that's what he says he's trying to do. So give him the chance. Don't forget, all these other companies, these other social media platforms are currently owned by singular rich billionaires, except for YouTube and Google. They're they're owned. Google's owned by two guys, essentially, that run that that run the show there. But billionaires that have control of the complete thing. Jack Dorsey. Is that his name? The the previous the, the creator of Twitter, who said you know what you know uh, testified on Congress and this and that. One of the, the one of the greats of this of the recent censorship movement before stepping down. Nobody had a problem with him being a billionaire running Twitter. Why though? Because he had the same mindset as the sheep and the pussies out there that want to create, want that echo chamber to survive. And they're mad and they're scared now that the Twitter protection police, the feelings police are not going to be there to protect them anymore. 
And that's what it's all about. And that's sad. And again, this is not a political thing. I don't give a shit what you feel or believe in. I don't care if it's different. I hope it's different because then I can learn from you. If you have a different opinion than me in, in, in the world of politics and life and sports and whatever, anything. Different opinions spark conversation and enable learning if you do it in an adult way. But these people apparently don't like that. They don't want people learning or questioning or, or thinking anything different from them. And they're going to they're going to mask it under hate speech and things that are dangerous. And that shouldn't be out there in the public eye. Which just is two. It says two things to me. One, they, they clearly are, are not understanding how freedom works and freedom of speech work and should work. Because that's what they're, they're, they're essentially saying. We don't want freedom of speech because of bad things out in the world. And two, they think they are the all-knowing, be-all, end-all of what should be publicized and what shouldn't be as far as thoughts and opinions. We are too stupid to think for ourselves. So these people with the blue check marks and the ivory towers of the social media platforms need to tell us you know, what to think because we can't, we're not capable of doing ourselves, which is insulting to say the least. And the fact that people are getting on board with this and not insulted by it is a little mind boggling to me. How you can just get sucked into that line of thinking of like, well, we got to protect the people from the information that's bad and, and not nice. No, we don't. We're, we're, we're adults. You just turn the internet off. That's a great idea. How about we just do that? If you don't like what you're seeing on there, how about you turn your goddamn phone off? Go take a walk outside. Breathe some fresh air. That shit's free. And then guess what? The opinions are gone. The negative information the bad things, the bad feelings, all the stuff you would normally read on there that you don't want on there. They're gone as if they were censored without really being censored. How crazy is that? You could control the censorship, folks. You just turn your fucking phone off. Sorry, T. Family show. Turn your phone off. Turn your computer off. Read a book. You get to choose the narrative. You get to choose your own adventure here. So stop trying to use the excuse of like, we need to protect from the bad info. People can protect. We can protect ourselves. It's simple. Log off. Done. All the bad, scary information from Orange Man and all these other people you're afraid of that think differently than you. Now it's gone. Now you can think like yourselves. You can think like the sheep people that you hang out with in your echo chambers and everything is happy, jolly, hippy, dippy again. Now that I'm done bitching and moaning about that, good luck to Elon. I hope I hope it works out well. And in the meantime, just don't if you if it doesn't work out well and things get worse on the social media platform, just just turn the shit off. It's just social media. It shouldn't be your life existence. It shouldn't be engulfing your 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 every you know aspect of your being. All right. Let's have some fun. Let's talk about good things. Look, the Nick Cage movie is out, guys. All right. Things are they can't be that bad. They're not that bad in the world. All right. Go watch it. Enjoy yourselves. Let's have a good time. Let's step into the cage. Okay, let's run. All right. Today's Into the Cage segment is proudly sponsored by the Dream Makers Consulting Firm. Everybody here has lifelong dreams that they want to accomplish, and we can all use a little help in achieving them. Well, now you can get that help with the Dream Makers Consulting Firm. Their team of experts specializes in empowering you to accomplish any dream possible that you might have. Whether your dream is to be president or your dream is to get married and have 100 kids so you can have 100 friends and no one can say no to being your friend, the DMCF is there for you. 
So for your first consultation, visit www.nightmareking.com and use the promo code FUNDLEBUNDLE for 2.9% off that first meeting. And that's a big thing right there, folks. If you have dreams, you want to do anything you can to accomplish them. I mean, and there's no shame in asking for help. In fact, you should always want to get help. Why wouldn't you want help accomplishing especially a lifelong dream? And if you can get affordable help that's that's uh, guaranteeing success, I feel like that's a no-brainer. I don't know, though. You be the judge of that. It's your life to live. You have the freedom to live it the way you want. But if you're interested... DMCF, nightmareking.com, fund the bundle for the discount. How you doing? All right, Cage Fact. We we might have discussed this a long time ago when I was uh, on an episode with a, with a special guest, Nikki Sticks, because we talk about a lot of bullshittery, uh, so it might have slipped out in conversation. But um, in, in, in the same vein of the Nick Cage movie, Unbearable Way to Massive Talent coming out, um, his co-star in that was Pedro Pascal. He's the one who plays the uh, super billionaire uh, super fan who wants uh, Nick Cage, who invites Nick Cage and offers to pay him a million dollars to be at his birthday party. Um, in real life, Pedro Pascal is actually a super fan of Nick Cage. Uh, not, not as much as he is. I don't think that he wasn't in this movie where he's got the whole memorabilia. How you doing? Spoiler alert. But to the point where in his roles as an actor, he tries to embody um, the Nick Cage acting style, the nouveau shamanic. Which, as you know, from previous Nick Cage facts is his his own uh, his own style that he's created, whether he did it on purpose or not. It's a new style of acting or it's a style of acting that's his his style. So that's what Pedro Pascal does. In fact, I believe he was in the second Wonder Woman. What was it called? 1984 or 1884. There's some garbage. I heard the movie was absolute horse piss, but Pedro Pascal said he really leaned into trying to make it as Nick Cagey as possible with his role. I believe he was in that in that film, and that's what he that's where he did it. Uh, but he does that, he says, in, in all his roles. And it was uh, pretty surreal for him to be able to play alongside Nick Cage, who, who is his number one actor as well. And again, in the previous episode where I did discuss uh, the movie review, I talked about like how wild that would be to be able to play in a movie with your acting hero, your Hollywood hero. That's an incredible thing to do. So I'm happy for him. But that's the Cage fact. He is a real fan. He does embody the nouveau shamanic Nick Cage style. So, which is funny and amazing. Anyway, that's the cage fact. Let's move on into the junction and spin the logo up. Got to keep this, try to keep this brief. I think I already flapped my gills long enough for you guys for, for one, for one week as it is, but we're going to talk about, I don't even know what to call it. It's not HGTV and Pinterest fails, but it's really like, sort of stories and lessons from people who use things like Pinterest or they try to do something that they saw on HGTV um, or Etsy. Uh, What are the, what are the couple other ones? There's a couple of woodworking ones out there uh, that you can um, shanty to chic is one Um, things that you see on TV or on the interwebs that you that either they advertise as you can do from home or you try to do it yourself, do it from home, DIY. Um, I wanted to do that because some of the fail stories are really fun to discuss and look at the pictures of these fails. Uh, And then there's some lessons to be learned. And again, one of the things we like to do here is no matter what the topic, no matter what the situation, how funny or sad or serious or whatever, we try to teach some lessons while we're having a good time. And I think this is a good little, um, uh, for lack of a better term, thought exercise and being able to uh, identify another sort of fun, silly topic, nothing that's too uh, 
too dramatic or too serious in life and and be able to pull some lessons out of it and then also enjoy ourselves talking about some funny shit here. So uh, that's why I sort of picked that topic and I kind of asked the fans to see what you guys thought. Uh, and if you had any stories of some of your fails or some success stories and maybe kind of what to do and what not to do uh, whenever you're you're picking up on these do-it-yourself projects so that you can have a better overall experience. And uh, so we'll just get right into it. Um, and again, we're trying to critically analyze particular topics so we can learn lessons and and get the muscle memory in our minds stronger under that stat style of living where you see a topic, there's a topic out in the ether. And the first thing we want you guys to do is to step back and critically analyze thoroughly. So that no matter what the topic is, no matter what situation you're in, when you have to actually think about something, you're using your brain, the critical analysis part, and you're not using your emotions and heart and feelings and just blind rage or whatever it might be. That's what we try to get to here. So if you, the more you do it, the more the muscle memory starts to remember that stuff. That's what muscle memory does. So that's why I try to do that. And again, if we can have fun doing it, that's, that's the idea here. So the first submission here was by a fan said she tried to make a Pinterest snowman cake balls and ended up in an utter failure. Now, this submission provided no further information, no details on what the cake balls were supposed to look like, no pictures or information on what her cake balls ended up looking like, why they failed, what they did, what that person did wrong, nothing. We got no information. All we got was that tried to make snowball cake balls, snowman cake balls, and it was an utter failure. This is normally what I would like to call not worth my time feedback. It provided nothing at all to the, to the show. Uh, I'm just making it up on the fly now, trying to dig deep to un understand uh, the situation and figure out uh, why we would even use uh, utilize this information. Now, again, normally this would be not worth my time. I won't even mention it. However, this is my cousin. She provided this information. She also has three children that she's mothering um, and a husband. She's also helping take care of uh, because, you know, when he's busy doing stuff, she helps around the house when she's not working. Yada, yada, yada. I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt. She probably didn't have time to provide uh, all the information. I don't know if she even had pictures because, again, she's she's trying to do this stuff while also taking care of a toddler and two uh, middle school age kids who are running rampant around the house, plus a, um, a fat cat. Uh, she's got her parents live down the street who are nutsos, love them to death. They're my godparents. She's got her sister down the street again, who also just had a new baby that she babysits every once in a while. So she's got a lot of shit going on. So I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. And if she does listen to this, which I doubt she does because she's too busy, just know that in the future, if you're going to provide some input to the questions here, um, let's give a little effort or just say, I don't have the time. I'm doing other shit and I will respectfully back off and understand your situation, your plight. Uh, but here on the show, we never half ass anything. We only whole ass things for better or worse. So, uh, but it does sort of like, I beg the question. What is the phrase I'm thinking of? It sort of leads into uh, the general sort of topic of of the Pinterest like baking side of things, because there's a lot of Pinterest pins out there and recipes for food type stuff, whether it's regular meals or dessert daddies or or what have you is um, that's where it seems like most of the fails come from. In fact, I think you can look on Pinterest for like a tag, like Pinterest fails. And it's just a whole laundry list of things that people tried. Here's what it's supposed to look like. And here's what it ended up. And it's absolute trash. But you see most of them are on the baking side. Um, and what, what you can do here is if you're doing some sort of Pinterest baking thing, for instance, what you, what you try to do or you want to try to do in the future for this 
is when you're reading through like the recipe, the things needed, look at what you have at your house first before you start messing shit up and, and taking the time to do it. Look at how the item is supposed to look and supposed to end up. The shape, the size, the color. And, and internalize that information. Again, critically analyze the situation. Understand that one of the main things about Pinterest that I don't think some people realize is that they package these, these ideas to make it more sort of, um, what's the word? I guess receivable, digestible for the human, for the human brain, the human eye. This is not going to be a five page like recipe with in-depth instructions. And here's the tools to use. It's going to make it look like it's a quick one, two, three. How you doing? So that 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 Pinterest pin gets more likes and more saves and more pins and more feedback for it. And then that person will then get more followers on Pinterest so that they become more popular and more successful in their endeavors. But we got to be mindful of that. We're better than that here at the junction in the LPDS universe. We know that it's never as simple as one, two, three. The only thing that's simple is the big three. And, and we all know that even that is not as simple as it sounds. So you got to do that sort of development, that, that lead development, that dev. Understand that there's more to it. Dig deeper to find out more. When you see things like snowmen cake balls and they're rounded and different sizes and you're sitting there with all these square pants and you don't have a bunch of different size round baseball softball basketball size pans or whatever to, to bake a cake in so maybe they're cutting it maybe you have to have a slicer to appropriately cut it to make it look like a semicircle or a circle or whatever the shape may be or if they have spikes and they're thin spikes, but you only have thick pretzels that to make the spikes and it doesn't look out. It's like that porcupine one. Let me see if I can find that porcupine fail Pinterest because this picture is absolute gold. This guy tried to make or the gal tried to make this porcupine. I found it. Oh, my God. <laughs> look at this thing. He tried to make a hedgehog Pinterest right here. And the, the bottom picture it, is what he ended up with. He's got human teeth. It doesn't look anything like the top picture. The spikes are all made of cinnamon and weird shit, but that's what we're saying. That's what I'm telling. I'm trying to tell you guys here is when you're doing that stuff, um, understand that it's, they're leaving stuff out just because they want to make it more digestible and more clickable, clickbaitable, if you will. So do the dev work ahead of time so you don't end up looking like uh, that porcupine. I think I have that saved in my phone because it was such a funny photo. And, and the, the caption when it says nailed it. And then you're just looking at this thing with human teeth, like dentures. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. All right. We got a success story, at least over here. This is not from Pinterest. Um this is a, a wedding photo that was really like a paint by numbers that you can order. I think an advertisement this these people said popped up on Instagrams from like some Asian company. So it looked like spam, but they had like a, you know, we could turn your photo into um, like a painted looking portrait and, and uh, it'll be very lovely and nice. So they took the chance. They did their homework. Checked out the company's website. It seemed reputable. A lot of good reviews. Um, they got you know good feedback on it, and they they made the order, and they actually got a really good picture, and they ended up using it as like their their photo at the wedding that people can sign. I believe. I think it was the same one. Uh, if I get the picture, I'll pop it up here. But you could see that uh, it worked out well because again, they did their homework. It was sort of like an Etsy, but like a Chinese Etsy from China. Um, their version of it, and that's where they ordered it from. And then somebody, some human being, did it. Like there was like their skill, their hobby that they like to do is the paint by numbers. How you doing? And they did it for them. Got it. You know, a few. It took a few weeks to do because again, this person is a hobbyist. Uh, but that was a good success because again, they did their homework and they analyzed the situation. Um, now, this same family, 
as a as another a fail a a Pinterest fail actually. Um, while they were in courtship, the same the same couple, uh, the gal tried to make dinner while she was courting her now husband at the time, uh, and she was she found this Pinterest recipe for crockpot stuffed peppers. Now again, giving her the benefit of the doubt, she's she's nervous, probably very emotionally uh, driven right now because she's got this hot, hunky, sopping wet looking sort of like four legged creature uh, to to impress. She wants to impress this feline uh, so that they can become a couple and a thing. So she wasn't probably wasn't really thinking clearly. And with her her critically analytical uh, portion of her brain. Uh, but right off the bat, if I look at a Pinterest pin or anything that says crockpot stuffed peppers, and I know anything about stuffed peppers and how they should be and and, th- and what crockpots do to food, um, I know this is a recipe for disaster. No pun intended. But crockpots historically are slow cookers that it's low heat for a long amount of time to get things nice and moist and cooked for you, uh, especially things like chicken and, and pork chop, that if you cook, if you bake it or you cook it on the frying pan or the grill, or it usually comes out like a lot drier because it's a high heat is really sucking all the moisture out. But with the crock pot, that slow cook, it comes out a lot more moist to the point where, you know, I'm cooking chicken legs and chicken or chicken breasts and thighs in there. And I'm pulling it out with the tongs and they're just shredding apart. Beautiful. Step over to stuffed peppers. Okay. The stuffing, whatever you use, sausage, meat, what have you, is usually a soft, sort of mushy looking cat food kind of thing. So you want to make sure that the pepper is cooked with got a, like a little bit of crisp on it, maybe a little char if you're doing it on the grill, but it has to have that structure to be able to hold that shit up. And then you can cut into it, and it's still got to feel a little bit of structure in the cooked pepper to make sure you're enjoying that meal. And it's not just a soupy, muddy, disgusting mess. You can't do that in a crock pot. Go cook peppers just by themselves in a crock pot and it's going to turn sopping wet, mushy and sloppy and, and, and not appetizing. Now you stuff the sausage and the meat in there for a stuffed pepper, and it's going to be just goop, like, like porridge or something like that. Gruel. Recipe for the Zazzer. Now, maybe she was thinking like, oh, this is probably what he likes. He likes that sort of like fancy feast, if you will, that sort of moist and mushy food. That's his normal delicacies. But this ended up in an utter failure. In fact, I think it wasn't until years later where the now husband said, yeah, that was a garbage meal, but I was I was being nice because I liked you. Um and I didn't want to tell you the truth of how garbage it was, but they were able to admit now that was an utter failure. And, and it was for all those reasons. You got to step back and, and assess the situation. Know the, know the, uh, the operating environment you're going to be working in. Crock-Pot is not there for that crisp uh, outer shell that you kind of need with a good quality stuffed pepper. That's something my, my mother, Crazy Carol, does pretty damn well when she does make them. It's not very often. But sometimes she'll make a mean stuffed pepper and she'll cook that shit and then she'll put it in either the grill, uh, depending on the weather or inside the oven to get that little crisp on the outside. And it is choice. That's what you want to do. What she doesn't do is she doesn't use the crock pot. So lesson learned. Um, What does this guy here say? Okay, here's another submission. Uh, This Pinterest pin said the cut hole in the bottom of the pizza box, but then I burnt my pishkadeel and maybe it wasn't a pin. This is obviously a fraudulent feedback. (laughs) Funny, but I probably should have read it ahead of time. This is clearly fraudulent. Um, This is probably from a guy uh, who's got some sort of like insecurity. So he's got to be a cool guy in public. 
I'm sure this is a story he tells on why he's got a tiny pishka deal. Uh, when he when he reveals it to ladies and they see he's got a tiny pee pee, he's got to let them know it's because I burned it on a Pinterest fail. Um, let's try to minimize the trolling. We're trying to keep this a family show so Terrence's son can uh, can enjoy and learn from this as well. So there's that. Um, one guy. Oh, this is speaking of which Terrence. He actually wants me to discuss uh, the entryway table that that he and I built for my living room entryway as this is sort of it's not a Pinterest fail, but it's definitely like a half fail, like accidental success, but really more so of a fail here. Um, and this is not Pinterest. I'll show you the picture in a second, but I'll explain the, the situation here. We got family show. Terrence got a new chop saw, miter saw, whatever you want to call it. Um, and we were going to, we we're going to rage out on woodworking, how you doing, projects and what have you. So we got this idea. Let's go find an easy beginner level table to make and, and then replicate. If it comes out good, we can make two of them. I can have one. And then Terrence and his family can have the other, have another one. And it'll be great and fun to do. And this and that. So we went to this website, AnnaWhite.com. It's this bitch's website who, puts on all these like easy one, two, three steps on how to do woodworking uh, tables. And they vary from different types of level of difficulty. Um, and this was the beginner level difficulty table. Now, the critical analysis and the preparation and planning very much stopped after looking at the website and seeing, oh, this is a beginner level. So it should be easy, should be no extra work besides this one saw, uh, maybe a pencil and a measuring tape to measure things and some screws. And that's all that's needed. And the wood, obviously. Well, and I let me caveat real quick. I blame myself for all this because I picked the design. I picked the table we were going to use. Um, I bought the wood. Family show Terrence, good friend, was there to cut and help assemble and supervise. But all the mistakes were on my part here. Uh, and I have, I have no problem admitting it because that's the only way I'm going to get better is if I, if I admit mistakes and learn and grow from them. Anyway, we start cutting. The wood is, is not really warped, but it's, it's standard pine wood that's bent because it's long enough. The shit gets bent and out of whack. And there are accessory tools out there, very important accessory tools and methods of fastening and assembling tablery to make sure that the, the table actually comes out even and everything is flush together and 90 degree angles and level. And we didn't use any of those tools. Okay. It was guesswork at best we were trying to force our way into having straight even um mergers if you will connections of the wood or the or the table alignment for the flat top part of the table we're just like if if we if we screw in the screws hard enough it'll even out that was not the case uh additionally and this again should have been the the easiest thing to see there's really no such thing as a beginner level, easy one, two, three, how you doing table that includes the assembly and, and creation of a drawer. All right. And that was the big mistake. Number two that that I made um, that was the costliest because now this is not just a flat table with legs. Easy one flat top and then four legs. Boop, 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 boop. This was table with a shell around it to fit a drawer in it. So we had to actually make the shell to fit a drawer and then measure out how a drawer would fit in there, cut it, assemble it evenly to get it to fit in. We didn't assemble anything even in the entire night. We couldn't even get the legs to fasten at, at flush 90 degree angles and flat on the ground. 
there is no way we're going to get a drawer to fit inside this and look even presentable. And it and, and that's exactly what happened. We got an unpresentable almost table. I call it the Franken table. Uh, and it's currently sitting in my in my in my living room, my entryway. I'm leaving it there. We did not sand it. We did not stain it. We did not try to fix anything. This is the daily reminder I have to give myself. And I we did this on purpose at the end because we were thinking, like, how the hell are we gonna fix this? This looks so disappointingly garbage. What are we going to do? And at the end, I was just like, look, I got to wear this mistake. I got to I got to see this mistake every day to know where I came from, to know where we started so that when we do learn our lessons that get better, we can always go back to this table and look, we went from here, started from the bottom, and now we're up here. And I'll show you the picture of the table up here. I probably posted three or four times, so you got a good look, but you'll see that. The drawer is tilted down. In fact, I have to like really crank it out to, to take the drawer out and fit it back in. Um, the tabletop itself is warped like up and out and to the side. The legs are all shoddy. However, I mean, you can fit, you can fit a Toyota Tundra on top of that thing and it's not going to break. It's going to look like shit, but it's not going to break. That thing is sturdy solid as a rock and that is at least at the very least the, the success you have there's a couple of successes in, in this failure one being that thing is solid as a rock like a brick shit house and and the second thing being that it it's a daily reminder of where you came from the humble pie you're always going to need no matter how Big time you get in your life or for whatever, you know, wherever you're going. That was a daily reminder. Now, Darren's just finished making a dining room table for his family. That is spectacular. No drawers, but a big dining room table, almost almost double the size of the Resolute desk here. Beautiful work. He learned his lessons. He analyzed the situation. And he created a beautiful table for his family. And it's, it was really swell to see the success that came from the initial like rookie failures that we had that we shared together. And now he can go and move on to bigger and better things in the, uh, the woodworkery department. Uh, so good for him. I'm glad he reminded me of that story because uh, that was funny. I was so disappointed in myself that night it took us all day to do it and at the end it turned into that mess that you couldn't open the drawers i was so disappointed i felt like such a failure and you can ask him if you ever meet him in person i felt like such a a, a do nothing failure i couldn't believe it. i was so pissed and i keep i think i kept saying like i cannot believe i fucked this up so badly I can't believe it. And as we're connecting more pieces and it's getting worse and worse, I am just steaming. I was like, I cannot fucking believe this, Terrence, that look at this goddamn table. You can't even move the damn drawer. What the hell am I going to put in this damn thing? But again, you learn and grow. You find the positive. You pop 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 hippy dippy. How you doing? Um, I think that's all I got here today, folks. Checking my notes one more time. Not much else feedback. Not much, not much other feedback. I don't know how to pronounce how to say that right. Uh, Creature did not submit feedback this go around, uh, and I probably for good reason. Um, I don't think the guy is. He, he normally posts. You know, he normally always provides feedback. He has an experience and a story for just about anything, um, except for this stuff. And I kind of don't blame him. What is a creature going to be? You know, what's he doing on Pinterest? What's he doing watching HGTV with, with Chip and Joanna trying to learn how to make rustic barn nightstands or sliding doors for his dungeon, maybe? Maybe a nice, like, dark rail and a and a espresso-stained sliding barn door to the dungeon that opens when you answer the three riddles? I don't know. 
I wouldn't trust anybody, by the way. If your name is Chip, if you're an adult male and you're either named Chip or you choose to go by Chip, I'm not trusting you to to save my life. I'm not trusting you as far as I can spit. You're you're choosing to call yourself Chip? Like the little espresso cup from Beauty and the Beast about you know that show about bestiality? Or the or the chipmunk? The one dressed like Magnum PI? I think that was Chip. Maybe he was Indiana Jones, one or the other. Regardless, the only the only two other heart, you know, beings that had voices in the history of the world that call themselves Chip are two cartoons. One is a cartoon chipmunk and one is a cartoon espresso cup. How you doing, Don Finucci? You think I'm going to listen to a fucking guy named Chip? On HGTV, telling me how to make a rustic sliding barn door for my dungeon? Get the hell out of here. <laughs> Take a hike with that. So, of course, the creature's not going to be doing that. He's not going to listen to Chip on how to flip his house and, and make his dungeon look more presentable. He's certainly not going to. He has. What's he going to do? How's he going to cook? How's he going to bake a porcupine cake from Pinterest when all he's got is a cauldron? I guess you could you could slide a like a grate on top and use the steam from the cauldron to cook the the cake, bake the cake. It's going to end up in failure every time, though. I think he realized that, so he's not going to waste his time with that. Look, the guy is busy keeping track of the Yankees' trades and deals, inspecting you know the local farmers' markets and shopping centers and grocery stores for the finest Vidalia onions, the sweetest onions to crunch down. He's got he's a busy guy. He's doing shit with his life. He doesn't have time to look on AnnaWhite.com and find some beginner nightstand to to carve up and whittle and not be able to use because it came out like garbage because it's really not a beginner level nightstand because it's got a drawer and that's that's fakery by Anna White. So I don't blame the creature for not having feedback. In fact, I commend him for not trying to lie and make something up uh, because he's not a liar. He's a man of honor. He is a creature of honor, and uh, and God bless him for it. Never, never trust a guy named Chip. Never. If you know a guy named Chip, let me know. Please tell me that story. Maybe that should be an episode. How many people know guys named Chip? And tell me a story about this, this person. What the hell is their deal? Why do they like being called that? What the hell is that? What do they do for a living? How much of a failure are they in real life? Give me a break. I don't know how that guy is successful. His name is Chip. That's all I got now. Finally, done. No more Chip. Joanna, I don't know what you're doing, lady. Get out of there, idiots. That's it. Before we go, though, the big three. We'll, we'll hit it quickly, so to speak. Number one, exercise every day. Super important to improve your mental, physical, and emotional health and well-being. Number two, the hardest thing to do, not be a shitty person, especially on the internets. Everybody is, is being shitty about the Elon thing. I see all these crybabies posting about what a, what a travesty it's going to be and how he's a piece of shit billionaire who's just trying to control everything. You don't know a damn thing about the guy. You never met him before. He's a human being. Take the step back before you decide to be a shitty person to a complete stranger. You get nothing out of it. Nothing good comes out of it. And if you get any sort of pleasure out of it, you probably need to go need to see a therapist. I'm sure one of the sponsors in a previous episode had off a therapy session. So go give it a go give them a call and use the discount code to get a you know a better rate but holy shit if you get pleasure out of being a shitty person to somebody you got other problems pal so just don't do it number 3 the most important one be genuinely thankful and grateful for all the good you have in your lives because 
why wouldn't you want to? Why would you want to harp on and, and live in the negative so you could be miserable? Nobody likes feeling miserable. Very few people do. There are those martyrs, those perma victims that enjoy the sympathy and think that they need the sympathy all the time. So they, all they do is they live in the negative and stew in it, thinking that, oh, if, I, if I'm always negative and sad and doom and gloom, people will always give me sympathy. But I got news for you. It doesn't work like that. Okay, people get tired of the shtick and the games and the fuckery. And they see right through you. Nobody likes to perma victim. Okay, so snap out of it. Do what you got to do. Find a way out slowly, but surely change your mindset and the and the culture and environment going on in your brain to be genuinely thankful for the good you have in your life, as opposed to harping on all the bad shit. And you'll you'll have you'll be a better person for it. I promise you. I promise you. These are tried and true pillars. The big three tried and true. They're very difficult to actually maintain and do and just completely turn your life around. But this is why we talk about them every week, because they're so important. We want to get the muscle memory going. Once again, the muscle memory doing good things for us. We wanted to remember the good things. And the good habits, because each day as you slowly push to the right, that's when you'll start to see the progress. Eventually, you'll look back and be like, holy shit. I critically analyze situations and I follow the big three on a regular basis for the past year or whatever. And look how much better my life is from last year when I was thinking emotionally, not thinking at all, following the crowd. And not following the big three, living in the negative, being shitty and not exercising. This is a tried and true formula. The pillars don't lie. All right. Thank you guys again for listening and tuning in on the YouTubes or wherever you're finding it. iTunes, Spotify's. I truly appreciate it. I love I love the feedbacks. I love it all. Uh, we're going to keep trying to do more of that stuff where I ask you guys. Uh, for feedback. If there's a better way for me to get that stuff out there, let me know. I've been doing it on the Instagram stories and then I put it on Facebook too as well. But if there's, if you feel there's a better way to get it out there, let me know and I'll try to do it so we can get more feedback and more involvement from you guys. Um, so that's the name of the game. Also, don't forget, still more tank tops, larges and mediums available in navy blue, $30 shipping included. Hit me up, DM me, text me, email me, whatever you got to do if you want a shirt before they run out. Thank you guys again. I love you all. Stay strong.